say Joel Embiid is good at basketball and wants to win another MVP and probably a title, Ryan, uh, would be an understatement. He had 24 points and six rebounds in the first quarter against the Spurs. There's 2.56 to go in the second. Sixers are up 57-53 on San Antonio. Joel Embiid has 30 points, seven rebounds, and two assists all in the first half in 16 minutes, my friend. That's my MVP. Uh, hashtag people forget. Had multiple wagers on him last season to win the MVP. This did. season did not. But I think uh, I could go back and I could pinpoint when everything changed for Joel Embiid. He was always a great basketball player, right? Probably should have, mm -hmm. definitely should have been the number one overall pick over Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins. Yep. But the night that changed his life, when he went from being great to elite, was the night that he sat at a poker table until 4.30 a.m. <laughs> in Milwaukee, Wisconsin with a young Ryan Horvath. Now, we didn't talk. We didn't even look at each other. I looked over at him. I said, holy F, I think that's Joel Embiid. Oh, that's Joel Embiid. He's 7'2". Uh, he drank water the entire night. I drank Red Bull Vodkas. I won. He did not win. But I think that's what changed. You know, like they say every once, you know, once in your life, somebody walks in your life and changes your life for yeah. the good. I think that was what happened with Joel Embiid. Just being at the table with greatness, with excellence, rubbed off on both of them. Next thing you know, I'm here hosting with you. Beautiful MGM National Harbor on the great BetQL Network. Starts bright and early with the Daily Tip. Ends with us at 11 p.m. People are like, 11 p.m.? Is anything going on at 11 p.m.? Well, no, but we are here. Yeah, we and are. we are here, here. to yeah. tell you yeah. if the Toronto Raptors won and covered, if the under hit. And then we are here to preview the AFC and NFC Championship games every night, Monday through Friday, from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. And if you miss anything, you check out that damn podcast. You leave a nice review. And you also tweet at our bosses. And you tell them the great work that we're doing and how we're here every night doing said work. Sorry, go on, Nick. Well done. Show. That is how you cut a promo, my friend. Well done. Well done. Well, you know, brother, I, that's, you know, how, you, that's how you cut a promo. We're here every night, you know? Ryan. Yeah. And we're here live. I Even when there's no Monday Night Football, we're still here, damn it. Giving out Luka MVPs. Oh, no. I had Joel Embiid. I also had Malcolm Brogdon, Sixth Man of the Year. Everybody thought it was going to be quickly. How quickly they forget, brother. <laughs> I had both of those. Well, they're out there betting first touchdowns, brother. Those bets are stupid. Parlays are stupid, brother. I'm here winning you the big bucks. Except for yesterday when we had the under in the Bills game. Oh, Ramen yeah. noodles in the bad coffee for a week. <laughs> this is Coke without rum in it. Which is we shocking to you. We that's, can't that's afford the rum here. this Monday. <laughs> no rum for Ryan after this past weekend. All right. I promised breaking NFL coaching news. Oh, yeah. We need a, you want to give me a breaking news liner? Come on. No, no I don't. Okay. I, I forgot it. Breaking news. You're, I thought you were going to do the voice. He didn't do it. All right. <laughs> the Tennessee Titans will hire Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan as their new head coach. He had a second interview, and Tennessee wasn't letting him out of the building. Multiple reports of that being the case now. Here are some of the quarterbacks that Brian Callahan, the new head coach, or soon-to-be of the Tennessee Titans, has worked with. With the Broncos when he was there, Peyton Manning. With the Lions, Matt Stafford. With the Bengals, obviously Joe Burrow. And whether you like it or not, with the Raiders, Derek Carr. Some pretty good quarterbacks there. Derek Carr has been a pro bowler. Derek Carr has been a playoff quarterback. Derek Carr has had some good years. I know we like to make fun of him. I will still defend Derek Carr. I think he's, an, he's a lower-tier starting quarterback, but he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I'll and say he's, he's a quarterback. A, <laughs> this year was not great, uh, but I still think of what he did a couple of years. Look, okay, I, I, we don't need to sit here and talk about Derek hey, Carr. Hey, he was great when Brian Callahan was there, There right? you go. 
Uh, some of the head coaches Brian Callahan has worked with. John Fox, Gary Kubiak, Jim Caldwell, John Gruden, Zach Taylor. So that's the resume of the soon-to-be new head coach, Brian Callahan of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I tweeted out during the commercial break, not during the show. That would be unprofessional. Yep. I like to wait till the break, of Thank course, you. right? Thank you. I only shot for my wife's boots during the during show. During the break. I yeah, appreciate yeah. you folks. I used to produce for a guy that would do that, and then he would get everything wrong, and I'd be like, what could he be doing? Oh, no, he's just getting a size 7. Yeah. I've never seen anyone shop, shop during a show before. That's just crazy. So I would like the Brian Callahan hire a lot, actually, if you didn't just fire Mike Vrabel last week to hire Brian Callahan, because I think <laughs> Mike Vrabel is the goods. Yeah. Unless he just wanted out, but... Like, I thought there was something under the table where Vrabel was going to go to New England or he had a job that he had, like, picked out. Mm -hmm. But he's still out there. Um, I like Brian Callahan. You brought up the quarterbacks that he's worked with. You brought up the offense. And I know, like, see, I'm not the biggest Zach Taylor fan. So that's why I give a lot of credit to Brian Callahan. And I know that he inherited Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon and a pretty damn good offense. But um, look what he did. Look what the Bengals did with Jake Browning behind center. That offense did not skip a beat. Yep. In fact, like if you look at the metrics, if you look at the numbers, dude, there was no drop-off whatsoever. Jake Browning, and I know Burrow was injured the entire season because he got hurt in training camp, but uh, he was actually better number-wise than Joe Burrow was this season, man. So that's a product of your envir- or product of the system. So I actually kind of like this. And Tennessee, they've been solid defensively, even though they've had a bunch of injuries and not really any household names the last couple of years because of Mike Vrabel. But the offense has been predictable. It's been boring. It's been, you know, just Derrick Henry. Um, so kind of like this, man. It's going to be a rebuild, obviously, but I do like the hire. It's one of those hires, kind of like if you were going to hire Mike Kafka. You're probably hiring Brian, Can- Brian Callahan a year too early, but, I mean, that's what they said about Sean McVay, and then he won a Super Bowl with the Rams, and he's still there. So I kind of like this hire. I just don't love it as much because you've just fired Mike Vrabel, who I think is still probably top five, top ten head coach in the National Football League. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point, too, in what Callahan was able to do with Jake Browning. I mean, yeah. the Bengals finished 22nd in total offense, 18th in passing, but, I mean, or 15th in passing. Yeah. But, again, we, you know that you had Joe Burrow not 100% through the first month of the season, yeah. at least. I mean, there was a point, right, where we just watched him and you're going, he's not moving well, the calf's not right. It's going to take him time to be able to just get back to who he is. Then he gets hurt. Jake Browning, who has really no NFL experience starting whatsoever, goes out there and looks like he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL after you know, a, little, a little bit of a shaky start as the, as the starter for them. So, it, look, it's, it's def- Here, here's the reason why, two reasons, why I think their plan was to just move on from Vrabel no matter what. There were, there, was, there were reports out there there was a difference in philosophy, right? Yeah. Did they want to veer more towards an offensive-minded team? Did they want to kind of have that be their focal point and get, not have a defensive coach anymore because he didn't want to be involved with that? And they go with somebody like Brian Callahan, and they were interested, and in, you know, maybe that's the case. There also was Mike Vrabel late in the season was getting honored by the Patriots. They put him in the ring of honor, I think is what it was, right? It was yeah. something late in the year. Yeah. You already said at halftime? No. He said, he got on a mic and said to the crowd, everybody cherish what you have here. This doesn't exist everywhere, which is considered to a lot as a veiled shot at the organization and how the Titans are run. Now, whether or not that's the case, whether he was sending a message and there were things going on behind the scenes, culture matters. And Mike Vrabel came from as winning of a culture as you could possibly have, and he may just have looked at also what was going on with ownership and management and said, these guys are dopes. This isn't going to go past where it is right now. Yeah. And just kind of realized this was it. And they, and I wouldn't say push, got himself pushed out, but maybe they had discussions and they realized this ain't going to work. Well, I hate to be cliche guy, but like 
every coach, it's not going to end well for any coach. Nobody really leaves on their own terms. Hell, even Bill Belichick, you know, didn't get to leave on his own terms, right. and he won how many Super Bowls in New England and had a good relationship, we thought, with Robert Kraft and with Tom Brady for all those years, and it still didn't end well, right? Like, yeah. you know, you look at the NBA even. Mike Budenholzer just won a title. He's already out in Milwaukee. Uh, you look at Monty Williams was coach of the year and took the Suns to the NBA Finals uh, a year after they were in the play-in tournament or whatever they were, uh, or undefeated in the bubble, and he's already out. And then you look at, like, historically even. You know, like, coaches want control or coaches even have huge egos. There's a reason why that poor widow in Chicago, Jerry yeah. Krause's wife, was being booed, and it's, the last dance it's the documentary it's people on social media don't realize these are actual people and that's like not a movie and that's a human out there but like at the end phil had a big ego kraus and reinsdorf had big egos they weren't all going to be able to work together and phil was like i want 30 million to come back and coach this last year with michael and they were like no we'll hire tim floyd and just <laughs> move on and they shouldn't have done that because you probably could have got another championship if you brought back Phil and MJ, but egos got in the way. And that's what happens in the NFL even. Like Mike Vrabel, um, I don't think like him getting fired is Tennessee saying, guy, you suck. You're the reason why we didn't make the playoffs. I think it's them saying, like you said, there's differences in philosophy, differences in, uh, you know, in, in opinion, and that's why they needed to make a change. But still, like you better knock it out of the park with this hire or else you look like big dum-dums, big idiots, because Mike Vrabel did more with less in Tennessee. And that's, and that's a really good point, is that when you – because overall, yeah, Vrabel did have success, and I, I can't sit here and speak for every Titans fan, but I think a lot of people didn't, did not feel like, even in the fan base, let alone in the organization and their thoughts, I mean, most people in the fan base seemed like they didn't blame him, right? It right. wasn't Vrabel that was the problem. Any smart Titans fan would understand. Hey, blame Tannehill. Vrabel, yeah, Vrabel was <laughs> not the problem. But now – Brian Callahan is going to be com compared to Mike Vrabel, right? We talk about the big shadow that Kalen DeBoer is going to have now at Alabama going in where Nick Saban put left some very big shoes and a very big shadow. That's, good. That's an almost impossible task. But even to this level, Brian Callahan is going to be compared to Vrabel, and people will say, right, if it's not where, well, you know, Vrabel was able to get the most out of guys. Look at yeah. this guy. He has it. And it doesn't mean that he can't go in and be a great coach. It doesn't mean he can't go in and be – you know, the the next great young offensive mind that turns a team around in a couple of years from offensive coordinator to head coach. But right now, we don't know that. And it looks very questionable when you see a team eroding with really no plan last offseason. Yeah. Or really any idea what their identity was it felt like this year. No real improvements. It just went, okay, you went out and signed D-Hop, but... Like, is that really going to make you better? You don't have a quarterback that can get him the ball consistently, which is exactly what we saw. So the Titans feel like a team that's just kind of spinning their wheels right now trying to figure out what's next. Yeah, and maybe, like, when you look at it right, I mean, them and the Saints the last couple of years have kind of had the same issue. They're not good enough to actually compete or win a Super Bowl, but they still had some dudes. Like, yeah. they still had some vets that they had to pay or they had to look to move away from. And there was no market for Derrick Henry. Like, in Madden, there's a, there's a market for Derrick Henry because he's a 92-rated right. running back. <laughs> but in real life, 
He's pushing 30, mm-hmm. and he's got a billion carries the last five, six years since Mike Vrabel took over as head coach. So, like, maybe what you're doing is Vrabel doesn't want to rip the Band-Aid off because he doesn't want to coach a rebuilding team. Yep. Nobody wants to. So he's like, all right, let's run it back with the corpse of Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and go out and sign D-Hop, even though he's approaching 30 years old, and bring back Tart and all these guys on the defensive side of the ball. And maybe now it's like, no, we're not going to do that anymore, so we're going to rip the Band-Aid off. You go elsewhere where you could go coach a contender, and we're going to rebuild with a young guy who, like, yeah, you don't maybe want Will Levis. Uh, maybe you can't turn Will Levis into an NFL quarterback, but Brian Callahan can, and he's an offensive-minded dude, so let's find out if he's our guy or if we got to draft another guy in the next couple years. That's what the Saints should do. The same thing, man. Like, rip the Band-Aid off, and I think that's ultimately why the Patriots made that decision to go with Mayo. Not saying he can't be a great coach, but if you hire Mike Vrabel, that's you selling the fans and the organization in the locker room that we're ready to win right now because Vrabel's not – um, that like bridge coach, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's that's like why you hire Lovey Smith for a year. Hey, win six games, build some sort of culture, then we're gonna can your ass and bring in our guy, and you'll be on the sidelines yeah, the in like Champaign, Illinois, you uh, know, with a, with a great beard the next three years till you're needed elsewhere. So I mean, that's like Ron Rivera. Yeah. Like, what the hell? No chance he actually gets the Eagles DC job. You say in your head until you remember the dum dums that are making those decisions, and then you remember, oh, Nick Sirianni's still there. Also, he, he was just... a pretty good defensive coordinator. Well, too. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, I'm not making that hire. No, Absolutely no, no. I think the game not. is past him. By. Yes, yes. Like he could be the the head co- like the defensive coordinator for like Arrowhead High School or <laughs> Bethesda High School, whatever we got. But I don't think in the National Football League guys want to play for Riverboat Ron any longer. But you know what? He probably will get that job. And he probably is an upgrade over uh, Matt Patricia, who, like, this lamp over here, this camera is probably an upgrade over Matt Patricia, who sucks. (laughs) That's who should hire Mike Vrabel right now is the Eagles. You want to win a Super Bowl? You want to be back to where you were two years ago? Hire Mike Vrabel. I've heard people throw that around. Guys I mean, aren't going to quit on him in the locker room. I promise you that. You need, when you're making a coaching hire, and this is how, like, when you look, if anybody is into those markets, you know, those offshore, where the coach is going to go type situation, obviously there's a ton of rumors. A lot of stuff gets thrown out there. Agents spread stuff. They try to create narratives. But there's also some truth to a lot of these reports, especially people that do cover these teams. So if you ever dabble in these markets, uh, you know, and – Mike Vrabel's the favorite to be the next head coach uh, in, in New England like it was for a while. You have to think that, okay, but what is – what is, you have, you're kind of getting in someone's head. Yeah. What is his goal as a head coach where he goes next? And what is the team's goal? And then what are their timetables for these goals? And in Washington, a young head coach to grow with the young team that they have is what their goal is. And that's the reason why Bill Belichick, I kept trying to tell people, they're not even going to have a conversation with him. It's not happening. With Mike Vrabel, exactly what you said. He doesn't want to go rebuild the team. At least now, maybe he changes his mind or finds an organization that he feels like he could have his own say in it and he'd be okay. But you have to then look at Jim Harbaugh. Chargers, they want to win now. The Falcons want to win now. Bill Belichick, those make sense. Bill Belichick doesn't want to be a part of a a rebuild. Neither does Jim Harbaugh. They want to go into a ready-made team that they can have tweaks and do things with, but you've got some things in place. And that's kind of what we're looking at. So Brian Callahan, you know, we're going to probably be building a new look, new identity, a new roster with the Titans that you really didn't see before with a completely different philosophy. All right, some early looks at the AFC and NFC title games next. It's BetMGM Tonight.